This episode contains graphic details of murder and other crimes. Listener discretion is advised. everyone and welcome back to not always polite i hope you guys have had a great week so far so i have a little bit of um local news to catch you guys up on so this happened on what day was this march 13th this happened so literally around the corner from me there was a like 15 hour standoff So I'm going to read a little bit from this article just so I have my facts straight. But basically my whole street was closed for like the whole day because of what was going on. So police say emergency crews found a man with serious injuries following multiple stab wounds in an apartment at 621 Kipps Lane around 5 a.m. Saturday. He was taken to the hospital and later died. He was identified as Joel Cameron, 41 of London. Investigators say some surrounding buildings in the East London neighborhood were evacuated as the suspect was believed to have a firearm and barricaded himself in the six-story apartment complex for most of the day on Saturday. In the confirmed 12-hour-long standoff, police say the accused shot a firearm once at police, resulting in two officers being taken to hospital with serious but non-life-threatening injuries. So, yeah, there was this crazy guy. And another guy. And they stabbed this deceased man. And then the one guy locked himself in his apartment with a gun all day. He was live streaming this shit on his Facebook. His name's Adrian Neal Campbell. And he's charged with second degree murder and two counts of attempted murder. So, yeah. the So, they found the man in the apartment around 5 a.m. And then he wasn't taken into custody until 8.30 p.m which is insane. So obviously all this is ongoing right now, but that literally happened around the corner for me. So I thought that was kind of cray cray. And I thought you guys might find that interesting. I've been watching this show um, on Discovery Plus. It's called Body Cam. Um, And if you haven't heard of it, it's basically like cops, but with footage from the police officer's body cameras. And a lot of the episodes have to do with standoffs. And I was like, oh my God, did I manifest this shit? Because I was watching this show for like a week. And then next thing I know, there's a standoff down the street from me. Anywho, I thought that was wild. But um, that's not what I'm here to talk about today. I mean, it's part of what I was here to talk about today. But I do have a case that is currently um, in the court systems as well. So I'll give you as much information as I have. But I thought this was um, a case that I should cover. So, yes, that was my excitement in London crazy stuff. I'm really glad the police officer's okay. Everyone made it out okay, except for the poor victim, but um, it could have ended a lot worse than it did. So yes. Anyways, let's get on into today's episode with the murder of Jeffrey Johnson. Oh yeah. And there was this crazy guy who stabbed an elderly man while his car was parked waiting for um, like a train to go by in London. And it turns out that earlier in the day, I had been waiting at a stoplight. 
it was a really nice day, so I had my windows down, and I saw this guy, like, walking down the street, and I swear to you, he looked into my soul. He probably wasn't looking at me at all, but I swear he looked into my soul, and he literally looked feral. Like, he looked deranged. So I quickly put my windows up and made sure my doors were locked because this guy freaked me out, and I'm 99.9% sure that the man that I saw was the man that stabbed the guy in his car. And I believe that man is still in the hospital, so that was also crazy, but enough about crazy London. Let's get on into this week's case of Jeffrey Johnson. According to Jeffrey's mother, Susan Forsyth, she was immediately concerned when her son, with whom she spoke daily, didn't answer his phone the morning of December 13th, 2017. She found it strange, but it only got worse from there. His phone was off for the third day straight when Susan decided to make the early morning drive to her son's home in Oshawa. When she arrived on the morning of December 15th from her home in Newcastle, Susan quickly realized something was wrong. There was an eviction notice plastered on the door of the home where her son Jeffrey rented a room. She immediately contacted the Durham Regional Police to report her 31-year-old son missing. Jeffrey lived a high-risk lifestyle dealing drugs. Susan believes that because of this, her son's disappearance wasn't taken seriously by police. Susan alleges that instead of launching an investigation, police did very little to initiate a search, one she assumed would begin inside of the home where her son had been living. For more than 48 hours, she alleges that she was unsuccessfully pleading with the officers to check inside the home, but was met with claims that they could not go in, even after the next-door neighbor reported to police that he had noticed blood inside his room one day before he was reported missing. During this time, Susan completed her own two-day search that involved calling hospitals, obtaining cell phone history, and urgent follow-ups with friends and acquaintances, basically anyone who might have had information about her son's whereabouts. She began collecting, uh, calling his cell phone provider and his friends. She then approached the man who lived on the other half of the semi-detached home. Susan said that the man told her that he had been inside the home the previous day, the day before the landlord put the eviction sign up, and that was when he noticed the blood inside Jeffrey's room and on his shoes. Ultimately, Susan and Jeffrey's father decided to break into the home themselves through an open window. They found um, blood on his mattress and shoes spattered with a red substance. On Sunday, December 17th, two days after Jeffrey was reported missing to police, Officers finally went inside the home where his body was found in the basement. An autopsy revealed that he had sustained multiple stab and other wounds and that his body had been covered with a substance similar to drain cleaner. According to court documents, he was killed on December 13th and he had been dead for four days before he was found. Paul Jaglal, Jeffrey's roommate at the house, has been charged with first-degree murder. Paul told the detective about his frustration over Jeffrey dealing drugs and guns from the home. He didn't provide any insight as to what may have happened to cause Jeffrey to end up dead in the basement of the house he was renting. He did hint, however, that Jeffrey's lifestyle made, may have played a part in his death. He is denying any involvement in Jeffrey's death and is currently pleading not guilty. The jury has been told that this case is not determining the identity of who killed Jeffrey, but will determine if Paul is, was acting in self-defense after being attacked or if this was an intentional act of cold-blooded murder. Paul's defense lawyer claims that, quote, Mr. Johnson attacked Mr. Jaglal with a knife and the struggle ensued. According to Paul, he returned to the house on the morning of December 13th 
to find the door of his room open and $1,500 he'd saved for the move missing. He said he went through the house looking for Jeffrey. Paul claims that he disagreed with Jeffrey's illegal activities. Quote, I kept telling him, will you please stop? I don't want this place getting raided. At this point, jurors have also heard from two former residents of the house who testified that they heard Paul talk about murdering Jeffrey with a knife and concealing the body in the house. Like I said, this trial is still ongoing. It's taking place in Oshawa. So if there are any updates to come, I will definitely keep you guys updated.